Welcome to the NutriBlends Animal Ag Podcast, where we tell the truth about American agriculture. On this podcast, false rumors are run out of town. Misleading marketing gets called out for what it is. And you better have good science to back up your claims or you're getting a boot. You hear me? I'm John Ratzenberger, coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. All grazing cattle have the potential to be infected by internal parasites or worms. They, these worms can limit growth, reproduction, and milk production of cattle and can cause an increase in sickness. In fact, dewormers have the biggest economic impact of all animal health products in the cow, calf, and stocker segments of the beef industry, and the second biggest impact in the uh, feedlot seg- segment. However, not all dewormers are created equal, and effective deworming requires knowledge of the types of dewormers available and the uh, well life cycle of worms on pasture. Dr. Grant Crawford earned his doctorate in animal science with an emphasis in ruminant nutrition from the University of Nebraska. Prior to joining Merck Animal Health, Dr. Crawford worked as a beef cattle nutritionist for a feed company and worked in beef cattle extension and research at the University of Minnesota. Welcome, Dr. Crawford. Thanks, John. Glad to be here. Well, thank you. So how did cattle become infected with worms? Well, John, worms are present on most pastures, and their life cycle depends on finding a host for reproduction. That host, in this case, is the digestive tract of cattle. Uh, Cattle consume worms from the pasture, and those worms then lay eggs in the digestive tract of those cattle. Cattle then excrete those eggs back onto the pasture, resulting in an increased worm concentration on the pasture, and the whole cycle starts again. So one important thing to remember is most of the parasites are on the pasture. There's only a few that are actually in the animal. 90 to 95% are on the pasture, and the remaining 5 to 10% are actually in the digestive tract of that animal. Well, what health and production problems are caused by worm infections? Well, there are several negative effects of worm infections. And first, where really where it all starts is worms cause a decrease in feed intake. And a decrease in intake, uh, whether it be a decrease in grazing intake out on pasture or feed intake from a bunk, will reduce the amount of nutrients that can be used for growth, milk production, and reproduction. Worms can also cause inflammation in the gut. And this is important because the lower gut, particularly the small intestine, is where nutrient absorption occurs. That's where nutrients cross out of the gut into the bloodstream and get to the tissues where they can cause growth, reproduction, support the immune system, all of that stuff. So, when we have that uh, disruption, we have that inflammation of the gut, we don't have as many nutrients moving into the bloodstream and to those tissues. And finally, worms also cause an immune response. And what happens is the immune system detects these worms. They realize they're not supposed to be there. So they're going to mount an immune response. And this redirects the immune system to try to combat worm infections. And this may allow other pathogens such as viruses, uh, viruses or bacteria to grow and spread more easily. And the net result of all of this 
is reduced production and an increase in, in sickness in cattle. When should cattle producers be concerned about worm infections? Well, really, whenever cattle are on green grass. Worms, when we think about worms, they're, they're very resilient. Uh, they can burrow into the soil and survive the winter, and they'll become active again once pastures begin to green up in the spring. And they can also survive drought conditions. So, you know, there's sometimes the idea that when we get to winter and we have uh, cold temperatures and freezing that, that worms are going to be gone. They're not gone. They're just uh, protecting themselves until the temperatures are right for them to come out again. And because of the warmer climate and longer growing seasons in the southern states and particularly the southeastern states, there is more potential exposure. But however, uh, worms are still present and can cause problems in northern climates. I, I live here in Minnesota and we have worm issues with cattle out on pasture up here as well. And once pastures go dormant in the fall or winter, which is happening about this time of year, the risk of worm infestation should go away because then they're burrowing down into the soil to protect themselves for the winter. And uh, once cattle are put into a dry lot or on corn stalks, they will not pick up worms. They won't be reinfected in a feedlot or a dry lot or if they're out on corn stalks. What's, uh, what are the best management practices to control worms? And we often talk about uh, terms such as properly timed or strategic deworming. And what this is, is deworming that works with the worm's life cycle to essentially stay ahead of egg shedding on pasture. And that life cycle varies with the age and maturity of cattle. Uh, in calves, the life cycle is two to four weeks. In stockers or replacement heifers, the life cycle is four to six weeks. And in cows, the life cycle is about six to eight weeks. And what this means, uh, let's take a cow for example, is that six to eight weeks after she consumes and ingests worms on pasture, she'll begin to shed worm eggs in her manure back on the pasture. So that's, that's that life cycle. Therefore, we should initially deworm cattle prior to them being turned out on pasture. What this does, it gives us peace of mind that those cattle are worm-free going out on pasture. Then once those cattle, in this case cows, are on pasture, they're gonna to begin to pick up worms and then we need to deworm again about six to eight weeks later for, uh, to prevent egg shedding back on pasture. In some southern climates, an additional deworming may be necessary because they have a longer grazing season. So maybe necessary another six to eight weeks after that first deworming. Then once fall arrives and we either have a killing frost or cattle are taking off a of pasture, we should deworm again to ensure that cattle are worm-free throughout the winter because, again, they won't pick up new worms uh, during the winter. And we often refer to this practice of properly timed deworming as holiday deworming. And that's a good way to think about it in order to remember when the key times of the year to deworm are. So first a pasture turnout, which is often around Mother's Day or Memorial Day. Uh, in Southern climates, this could be earlier, might be in March, could be early April when pastures start to green up. And then midsummer or right around the 4th of July. And then finally, when cattle are taken off a of pasture, uh, we'll deworm again to keep them clean throughout the winter. And oftentimes this is around Halloween or possibly as late as Thanksgiving. Well, what should a cattle producer look for when choosing a dewormer? Well, as you said earlier, John, not all dewormers are created equal. And uh, there's basically four different types of dewormers when you look at the way they're applied to cattle. There are the porons, there are injectable dewormers, there are drenches, and then there's the feed and mineral products. 
And the porin and injectable dewormers have macrocyclic lactones as their active ingredient. These products have been around a long time and that most of them are advertised to provide internal and external parasite control. So internal parasites are the worms that we've been talking about. External parasites are typically flies and lice. Unfortunately, due to excessive use and and misuse of these products, they're not nearly as effective as they once were. And they often provide very little efficacy against internal parasites or, or worms. And parasite resistance to these products is a big problem. And it's been identified for several years. And unfortunately, it's, it's not getting any better and it won't get any better. And because these poron and injectable products are all part of the same class, resistance to one product means resistance to all products in that class, that macrocyclic lactone class. The drench and the feed and mineral products such as Safeguard have also been around a long time, but they're from a different class of dewormers and and they're still very effective. And the unique part about these products compared with the porons and injectables is because they're oral products, either a drench or a feed product, they get to the gut quickly and that's where worms reside. So because they get to the gut quickly, Safeguard with its active ingredient fenbendazole kills worms very quickly and then it's out of the system quickly. And from thousands of fecal samples that have been collected over the years from several different types of cattle, we've seen the safeguard reduces fecal egg count from worms by about 99%, whereas porons and injectable products oftentimes fail to reach 50% reduction. And at best, they're probably 70%, maybe a little bit better. And we're really shooting for at least a 90% fecal egg count reduction. So the porons and injectables just, just aren't getting the job done. So what different options are available for deworming with Safeguard? Well, there's several different options that are available. It depends on on where the cattle are and if we're handling or processing those cattle. For cattle that are being handled or processed in a chute, whether they're going through a chute for vaccinations or for pregnancy checking cows, the drench option with either Safeguard or Panicure works very well. They're already in the chute, so we might as well just apply the dewormer at that time. If cattle are being bunk fed, so perhaps cows that are now in a dry lot for the winter or feedlot cattle that are now in a feedlot to dry lot, that's where using the Safeguard half percent or 1.9% and mixing that in with their daily ration is a great option. It's a one-day feeding, very effective option. And then when cattle are on pasture, it's not always feasible to round up cattle to run them through a chute or to pull a bunk out to the pasture and bunk feed them. So for this, this is where a safeguard block, safeguard cubes, and safeguard mineral formulations are great options for deworming cattle in a simple, effective, and and stress-free manner. Deworming is a big deal. In fact, it is the most important thing that can be done for cow-calf and stocker producers to improve their bottom line. By understanding the life cycle of parasitic worms and by using a fast-acting, effective dewormer, cattle can reach their full potential. Right, so any animal on pasture has the potential, obviously, to be exposed to worms, and those worms rob the animal of production and health and rob the producer of profits. So all makes sense. I'd like to thank uh, Dr. Grant Crawford from Merck for joining us today, and I encourage our listeners to tune in next week to see what's on tap in animal agriculture.